Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Deneau. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Vincent. I We recovered from last week's fanboy slobbering at the end of the episode. <laughs> You don't need to be embarrassed at all. I'm not. I'm not. But I uh, hope you're fe- not. I hope you just lean into it. I did. And you know what? The feedback I've gotten is that people appreciate people appreciate that it was it did come off as Oops. genuine. And it was. I was genuinely excited to talk to Martina and Hansi. Like uh, I, I was telling somebody that I've I feel so uh, fortunate because I've had now at this point. Oh, my screen just froze. Yeah, you are frozen, but I can still hear. There you go, you're back. Um Oh. That I've had at this point all of my creative idols on this show. And it's just been like every one of them has just been awesome. So it's fantastic. It's a fantastic thing to do. How was your weekend? How was your week? What did you well, get done? <laughs> we were in Rhode Island for a few days, which was pretty cool. Party time. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty it was a pretty low-key time, but we were away for a few days and just out of the shop banging um, those milkshakes <laughs> yeah did i show you <laughs> you did we you ordered did. these milkshakes that were the most how, over the top? how would you even describe it vincent like I, think... I would say over the top is probably fair because they're not absurd absurd is like black tap in new york city that's absurd but like it was it was over the top and we were just walking around newport rhode island with them <laughs> <laughs> Like, That's amazing. Yeah, they were really elaborate. And then uh, this, and then I'm working on a couple of signs this week. I saw. Yeah. I saw. So I, I actually think... did check into Instagram today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I posted about it. So yeah. it's like like really basic stuff in the shop, which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of a nice that... break. I I have news. What's have the news? news? The news is the cornhole boards are done. They are done. Actually, they look so good, Vincent. The paint oh. job is so crisp. Oh my god! It's I was, you know, I always joke on this show about butt clench moments, and those the <laughs> cornhole boards start to finish were a butt clench moment because they had to be right on the first try. I had no wiggle room to get them wrong, and when I finished them yesterday, I could not even contain my enthusiasm and my stories. Like well, it was just so awesome to get they, them done. They looked really good, and again, the, I noticed how crisp the paint job looked because paint and me don't. <sighs> me neither <laughs> like it's not i i just don't have the patience for it so whenever people are like good at that i notice it you know and it the, looked really crisp the trick the trick that i had the thing that took me the most time with making those was the order of operations and laying down the colors so that i could lay them down in the right order so that i mask this to paint this and then mask that to paint that <laughs> and how do i get exactly a one inch line when i can't really like just put a straight edge in paint, but I did get it done. In fact, somebody saw them in somebody that works in the warehouse mm-hmm. saw them because they're out. They're not in my shop. They're outside. And he saw them and he goes, I can't believe how good those look. He goes, did you use a machine to paint those? Like, no, that's just masking a- tape and a roller. <laughs> and a lot so, of patience. <laughs> and, and two runs of the decals, which, cause I'm an idiot, but that's all. It's okay. It no, happens. No, no. I, yeah no I, I totally understand i feel like whenever even if i have sometimes people will come to me for stencils or decals mm-hmm. and stuff because we can cut them on our machines mm-hmm. even if they order one i always give people at least three i i knew it wasn't going to work with the strong grip tape and i did it anyway <laughs> because i'm an idiot no you're not an idiot you, just, am- you, you needed to experience it 
Fair enough. But the, the problem is that my shop isn't in my basement anymore. It's 40 minutes north. Mm-hmm. So like it's not a quick trip there anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> Does it make it more frustrating when things go wrong? It does. It was a good weekend, though. Very productive. Finally, that project is done. The, the clients are super happy. They're picking them up May 5th, so they're done yeah. early. And I'm just really, really excited to get onto the backlog now because, holy crap, people just were excited to get me free of having no shop. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually do have a guest this week. And Yes, we do. We have... so. Every once in a while, every once in a while, we get um, we get pitches from people, um, you know, people that are people's agents, people, you know, representatives. And honestly, we don't take, I would say, about 60 percent of them, 60, 70 percent, because they it's not that they're bad people or that they don't they're not doing something cool. It's just that the vibe doesn't really fit with the show, like what they're doing doesn't really it wouldn't really matter to our audience as much. But this one, I think it was the fastest yes. And I even, I, I don't, were you, yeah, you were, we bounced this one off you, right? This wasn't one that came before you. Me? Yeah, I bounced this one off you before we said yes, I think. And you I'm said, not yeah, sure. I think I'm so. I probably said, yeah. I think you did. <laughs> anyway, um, so our guest this week is like the Swiss Army knife of stuff. He's a musician, a podcaster, and a business coach. Um, just a, an all around talented guy. And we are very lucky to have the one and only Bill Small. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it is. It's an absolute pleasure. And honestly, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that your representative reached out to us because I feel like I've discovered a podcast that I totally love now. And it's. I'm very excited about listening to more episodes, especially I was saying before we started recording one of the more recent ones, you guys called it the, the dark playground. Mm-hmm. And it's actually stuff that we've talked about on this show that getting over the hump and like not falling into the pit and some of the stuff that you guys talked about really resonated for us. So it's a really great show. I mean, it's the first thing that I think of when I think of you now is going to be that show. Cause I've actually subscribed. I didn't just do my research just to have you on there. So it's, it's really good stuff. Um, Welcome aboard. <laughs> well, thank you. And and I'm actually, I'm feeling a little special now since I, you know, you, you made it sound kind of exclusive that you said yes. And, oh, and oh, the I love because, that. The because we make podcasts is always exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true though, because, you know, it's, you want to have, you, I mean, you guys have a, you have a podcast, so you understand, yeah, you know, if totally you can't, yeah. you can't just have a guest on because if you start having guests on that aren't relevant to your audience, your audience is just going to go, what is your show even about anymore? You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah. in well, order to prove that you're relevant to our audience, why don't you say, give us a? There's, there's the segue right there. Why don't yeah. you tell us a bit about yourself, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've I haven't been described as a Swiss Army knife, but I'm going to keep that. And if you see that show up on my website and some about <laughs> Bill Small thing, I'm not going to credit you, but just know that that was fair you. enough. Okay. I'll uh, allow uh, I'll allow unlimited usage rights without accreditation. It's excellent. Fine. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I do. It's funny. I don't get it until somebody says it. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of different things. Yeah. And in some ways, the the podcast sometimes is us just talking about how we're managing doing a lot of different things or <laughs> or really not managing doing a lot of things. You know, we yeah. try to be I try to be pretty honest about it because um, I, I don't want to be one of those. Hey, I have it all together. Listen to me. 
shows because that's yeah. so far from the truth. It's crazy. I'm actually already sitting here listening to the two of you talking about the projects you're working on and thinking, man, I, I should go make something right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm not doing that. <laughs> Hey, uh, we we agree. I, we're always team. Go make something. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I spend about um, I spend most of my weekday time uh, being a business coach and working on that, and taking my kid to school and picking my kid up and doing those things that I get to do. And then uh, maybe a smaller percentage these days than it used to be being a musician, which I've been doing professionally for 40 <laughs> years which is kind of scary wait, what? to say yeah wait, you've been you've been wait how how is that possible you uh, you look like you're my age how is it uh, possible that you've been I'm doing I'm 55 that? wow and and my first paid gig was at 15 no way wow yeah that's uh, amazing what was your first paid music gig uh my first paid music gig was i was the uh technical director and band leader for a student performing workshop at the whole theater company in montclair new jersey in montclair. The, the summer where i was <laughs> yeah. no way yep and the wow. director was olympia dukakis holy crap yeah which was kind of cool <laughs> that's that's pretty damn awesome yeah Wow. So you, you've, you've been around music and the theater, the theater type productions. You've been mm -hmm. around it your, basically your whole life. I have. Yeah. As absolutely. long as you've been a, adult enough to actually handle it, you've been doing it. Yes. Wow. What was, the, what was the first instrument you picked up? Guitar. Guitar. Oh, no way. I play guitar too. Not very well, but. I, th I think <laughs> uh, what I really wanted to do was sing. No way. I, I was singing in my room and, you know, probably singing all the time, I don't really remember. And I saw, I think in fifth grade, I saw the, the choir, the fifth grade choir perform. And I actually remember this. They did a Beach Boys song, uh, Sloop John B. And I was watching them sing and I thought, I want to do that. Wow. And so I asked my parents, I said, hey, you know, can I join the chorus school chorus they said well, i guess so you know <laughs> why not if they'll let you mm -hmm. and they did and uh and actually the the first semester i got in that uh chorus on the first day the teacher called me out and said hey come here and and of course i'm just scared you know you know whatless <laughs> at that point i'm like ah what did i do uh, and she asked me to come up to the piano and had me sing a couple of things and then gave me a solo in the next show. Oh, no way. Wow. So I thought, well, I guess I guess I can do this, I, I sort of. And uh, when I went to go sing that, you know, it's fifth grade, remember? So I'm, what, 10, something <laughs> like this? And uh, I was just so nervous because it's me and a microphone and the piano. And I, so I leaned on the piano. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad telling me that he thought that was like the most suave thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> Looked like Frank Sinatra or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I just thought, well, no, that was for me to not fall over. I needed to stand because... up. And uh, and it went well, and people applauded, and I was kind of hooked. And uh, I ne I never wanted to do anything else. So That's playing amazing. instruments became a way to accompany myself as a singer. 
That's that's fantastic. You know, it's 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 always cool when you hear someone. It's usually in the arts where this happens, where somebody discovers what they love very early on, mm-hmm. like and and they just they zero in on it. No matter what, it just keeps. Even if they go away from it for a while, they always find their way back to it throughout the rest of their life. You know, yeah. For you, I guess that's probably the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I heard. I heard something and I wish I could say from where or who said it, um, but it's really resonated with me relatively recently. That was, you know, whatever you were passionate about when you were like eight or 10 years old, whatever, like lit your soul on fire, that's probably going to remain the same your whole life. Mm. The world, the world just confuses you Mm. and you kind of just kind of, uh, you know, spiral around some sort of pinnacle that is that same thing that you loved. Wow. Which for me is super true. That means my 10-year-old is going to be playing Minecraft when he's 50. <laughs> Probably. He's going to be kind of scared of, but he's going to be so good at it though. <laughs> at least there's starting to be money in it. I mean, if nothing oh else, you make a couple of bucks playing Minecraft, and it's you not the worst what, life. Got to wonder what the world will look like. You do. So, you're doing you're you're doing music. Yeah, by the way, fellow New Jerseyan, recent New Jerseyan, but New Yorker awesome. and now New Jerseyan. Um and in fact, I was just in Montclair a couple of weekends ago. I was oh, at Egan and Sons, which, oh my God, the food there is just off the charts. Anyway, um, no free plugs for Egan and Sons unless they want to sponsor the show, which they're more than welcome to do. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought because I was so excited. I, about- I have a question. I have a question. So so when did you, did you immediately go from being a student to being like, I'm going to be a professional musician. What did that transition in your life look like? And what made you, what gave you the courage, I guess, to take that leap? Because mm. in a lot of cases, mind. it's not, it's not necessarily easy yeah. to pursue I, your passion like that. My dad told me that I announced to him when I was 12, that I would be a professional musician. Whoa. Announced. Announced. I said, this is what I'm going to do. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> I have no memory of that. And and I actually thought I kind of held on to the theater thing a little bit longer because I really did like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I remember being, I don't know, 14 or 15. And uh, I was already playing guitar, writing songs, uh, maybe starting to mess around with having bands, you know, or joining with other kids my age and making awful noises uh, and you know i had i had glasses and braces and i didn't really dance i hadn't had that training mm-hmm. so i couldn't get any parts mm. and while i loved the tech side of theater and continued to do that like through high school and whenever i could because mm-hmm. i'd learned that and I, and i like it i really do um I had kind of figured out at that point that maybe straight up rock and roll was going to be the way to go for me. Uh, And then it just became get in a band, make loud noises and try to do that in front of people as often as possible. So, so as someone who's never been, I, I actually grew up doing theater as well. So I always like love hearing other people that grew up doing that because it's a strange common thread. But as someone who's never like gotten a band together, what does that look like when you're like, I'm going to make a band? Mm. Well, it was different then than it is now. (laughs) Uh, Back then, I remember the first band that I put together. I knew a guy, I knew a kid who was a drummer and I played guitar and we needed a bass player. 
And I said this to my next door neighbor and he said, I'll do it. What's a base? (laughs) 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 And so we figured that out. We got him a base. He actually went on to be a, a really, really talented musician and, and played for a long, long time. Uh, that's how that happened when I was a kid. Now I have kids, or at least I call them kids. They're probably not. They're younger, 20s. Mm-hmm. And they say, how do I put a, a band together? Like, I want to put a really good band together. And my answer is always book a gig. Okay. Hmm. Book a gig. Have paid work or at least work that, you know, may, might uh, occur like you're going to get paid. And you can call some really good people and they'll come play with you. Ah, but they're not okay. going to come hang out in your garage and rehearse. That's not yeah, going to happen. That does seem to have just gone away, like out of nowhere. Like there's no more garage bands. There's no more like um, basement bands. Like you don't, people that know each other may, you know, meet up in somebody's basement, but it's not the way it used to be where you see, you always had somebody, if you had a neighborhood that had garages in it, at least one of them had a band in it at some point during the day. Oh, I think we're, I think they're doing it. I think we're just too old. We don't know anymore. Fair enough. That, that's totally possible. <laughs> I, I think they're out there. They might, of course, they might be doing that on TikTok now. You know, I don't, I don't really know how that works. It's all, it's it's, all virtual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're, or it's just one person, you know, multi-tracking. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you have this, um, you start to build this music career, you have your music career going and. I mean, clearly you do more than music. So at some point, at some point you get struck by lightning and inspiration strikes <laughs> and you go, all right, I'm, 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 I'm wanting to do a little more than the music thing. Right. And you start doing, I'm guessing you started with the coaching first. You know, it, it's uh, all of this, these other things happened by accident. As you can imagine from, from high school age and after high school and through college and everything else, I had an innumerable amount of other jobs, Mm -hmm. jobs that had nothing to do with music from, you know, working in a bakery in college to working in recording studios, to work in uh, landscaping, pool cleaning, uh, you know, a furniture store, a lot of retail, whatever I could do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how much those experiences were actually teaching me mm-hmm. and informing mm-hmm. me. And the first thing I did when I decided I wasn't going to have any more of those kind of jobs uh, was I thought, okay, I could be a vocal coach because oh. I studied voice in college. So I think I can take what I've learned and what they taught me and I can help some other people. Uh, so I did that for a little bit. Honestly, I didn't enjoy it all that much. It was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. Um, it wasn't like, yeah, I can't wait to do this. And, and I think I did that with a lot of things around music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of jobs you can do right. around music and the music business. And I did a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky in that most of them got done, I think, fairly competently. But I didn't, <laughs> but I didn't like a lot of them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and the interesting thing about being a vocal coach is it's not like teaching guitar or piano. You can't see the instrument. Yeah. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. I found that part totally fascinating. Yeah. The mechanics, the mechanics aren't like fingers go here, strumming no. goes this way. Like there's like, you have to kind of like 
kind of put your finger in somebody's diaphragm and go from here, (laughs) from here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And there's different techniques and different teachers teach different and different things, words, ways of thinking of it work for different students. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's a little bit of actual physicality where you can Mm. see what somebody's doing right? and you can correct that a little bit, but the only way for them to really correct it or really change anything, it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. And, and that part I really liked. Interesting. I would imagine that would be the most frustrating thing about teaching that like as a teacher, but I don't know. It's like, it's like how you, you can get in the brain of your student and be like, no, you, you can do this. I need to get you to see it and feel it and do it right. Yeah. And then, uh, I kind of went on my own learning journey, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be better at, at life, at being myself <laughs> and, uh, and yep. moved around a bit. I, I'd already spent, uh, 10 years in Texas and then moved around and came back and I've, I've been in a band here in Texas, uh, for, we were together 15 years. Oh, wow. wow. That's Which is good. yeah, it's kind of astounding, really. I, yeah, I never, a lot. Never quite imagined that. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, we put our first record out in two thousand and seven, in the summer, and so the uh, I don't know the six months after that, we were just playing, 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 playing. You know, five guys sleeping in one hotel room. You mm. know riding around, doing the thing. And by January, I was really tired and we didn't have a lot of work for the next couple of months. So I kind of needed money. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine who's a filmmaker, but I also know him from, we did some like personal development kind of courses and stuff together. And I knew that he was really smart and really good at kind of helping people in that way, kind of coaching, having those kind of conversations. And he tells me on the phone that he has a job, which was amazing because I thought this guy, this is the last person in the world who's going to have a job, job. <laughs> and he's coaching people. Huh. And and we were talking and I say, okay, oh, that sounds great, man. Awesome. All right. Well, it's great, great to talk to you, whatever, click. And I hang up and then the light bulb goes off. Did he say he's getting paid to coach people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I call him back. Hey, did you say you were getting paid to coach people? And if so, are they hiring? And and sure enough, they were. And, uh, and I actually knew the woman who was running that part of the business. And it was a company that was supplying coaches for some notable authors at the time. Oh, wow. Um, Back then there was a, a, a movie and a book called the secret. Okay. And some of the authors that were featured in that material mm-hmm. uh, had coaching programs. But, of course, they couldn't coach everybody. Right. Uh, so we ended up being the coaches for those programs. Wow. Uh, so I went from, uh, I had been trained already to coach people, but I wasn't doing it. And I went from, you know, being on the road with a band to two months later having 37 clients. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That that's 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 a bigger client base than a lot of coaches have, period. 
Yeah, it's like, a bigger one than I have now too. Which, <laughs> um, but it but it was great. It's it's one of those trial by fire kind of things that you're either going to love this and excel at it, or you're mm-hmm. going to run screaming from the building. And I dug it. It was mm-hmm. really cool. And what what kind of stuff were you? What kind of stuff were you coaching people on in those sessions? Like, uh, what? Yeah. Give me, Give me like a rough example of what the coachings looked like, what, what you were teaching. Well, to be honest, it's not much different than what I do now, or at least where I start <laughs> really? with people now. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only thing that ever gets in your way is you. Yep. It's the only thing that ever stops you from doing anything. You know, as I was listening to your, your episode um, of The Subtle Art of Not Yelling, which is your podcast, mm-hmm. um, as I was listening to it on the way home tonight, um, I was listening to the episode about the dark playground, which I think is just brilliant. It's uh, it's so good. I feel like I should be telling people that even if you, no offense, but even if you don't listen to the rest of the podcast, go and listen to this episode because you're yeah. going to relate to it so hard. And it made me think of, and I was wondering as I was listening to it, have you read the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressman? Uh, I know the book, but I have not read the book. So that book was recommended to me a couple of years ago, I think think by David Swiduck, who's a regular guest on this show. And it really, really just completely shifted my thinking. Mm. And a lot of what you were saying in there in that episode just kind of hit me as like the same vibe. Like, you know, yeah. get out, you got to get out of your own way. And you're sometimes, as I think you said in your bio on one of your sites, it's like your inner voice is a blank. And yeah. it's like, yep, okay, yeah, your inner voice is absolutely one. Because mine is, I know that for a fact. And yeah, it was really interesting hearing you guys talking about this dynamic of, you know, your project and, you know, how you get over the hump of getting started on it and burning out by just going 150% all the time, like, and not balancing your energy. And I was like, damn, I, I needed this today. I needed that today. Of all the days, it was the perfect day to listen to it. And you know, it's such a, I know we make it sound like it's, uh, there's some sort of, some sort of simple solution, mm-hmm. you know, when we're talking about it on the podcast, but it, it's such a moving target. Yeah. And it's the hardest thing I think. And it's, it's, it's one of the most rewarding things about working with people as a coach is we do get in our way, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to see how you get in your own way. It, and even impossible. when you see it, even when, because we, we talk about it in that episode, we're talking about, Miles and I are talking about the things that we do that mm-hmm. mess us up, that have us not finish a project or not ship a project uh, or quit which I'm great at. Uh, (laughs) And just because I can see it, Mm -hmm. I still doesn't always mean I can do anything about it. Yeah. Or that I've managed to shift whatever I need to shift to have it be different the next time. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys had a really, you guys, um, I think it was Miles that was talking about um, intentionality. Mm-hmm. Or was it you? Because I knew you said you hate the word discipline. Yeah, and yeah, I just, but one of you brought up intentionality and that word keeps coming up. I, I attribute it to one of our listeners and friends of the show. Morley Kurt uses that word a lot. And it, mm-hmm. every time he uses it, it's just like, yes, intentionality, intentionality. And a good example of that, a perfectly good example of that in my own life was now that my shop isn't in my basement anymore, mm-hmm. I get a solid three days a week that I'm in my shop. But when I go there, 
I can't goof off because I've got to be productive in those three days. So those three days go from being like, I could stretch this out over a week because it's in my basement. I can go down at late, you know, late at night. I can go down right. there early in the morning. No, it's a 40 minute drive and I have limited access to the building it's in. So when I go there, it's like, okay, get to work. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. And does it, does that work for you, Vincent? Does it make, are you able to function in that uh, type of mindset? Cause I it, think different people can and different people can't. I'm going to tell you something. I actually like it more. Okay. Because when, by the time I get, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it, two out of those three days, every week I'm there. Um, mm. one of those days is just like, sometimes like maybe I'll be there for a couple hours, but most days I am there at least those three days. Right. But then I know I'm going to be there on Friday. So I'm prepared to be there on Friday mm -hmm. now. So like my week leading up to me going to my shop on sh my what I call what I've started to just call shop days. My week leading up to that is preparation that I, I hit the ground running once I get there. Like I'm ready to go. Let's go. I know I need to do this. I need to do this. I can have a, even a mental timeline of what I need to accomplish on a specific day. So it's not a wasted trip. So I think well, you it's actually helping me. You created a box. I did. I Which did. that's the other thing that we talk about. And and I we probably talk about it even in that episode is that, yeah. you know, I know for myself as a songwriter, mm -hmm. I, I'm so much better. I could write a song every day if you gave me a prompt. Mm -hmm. hmm. And I know there's places on the internet you can go find those and all that. Um, but if I have an appropriate set of parameters to work inside of, yeah. I can create just like that. Here, write this. I, at one time, I was uh, I played a some kind of a kind of a songwriter event, and I got up and I played my songs. And then they had this little trick they like to pull, and they let the audience shout out five words, and you have to turn them into a song. Oh wow! And it was awesome. a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was great. Because um, again, there's like this. There's these parameters. But if I have to sit here and you just say, Bill. Write me a song right now. Mm -hmm. uh, do you do you think that's a product? Because I've I mean I know a lot of creative people. Brooke knows a lot of creative people, and I I'm not. This is not a knock on my creative friends because I'm one of you, and I understand that I'm the same way in a lot of ways. Do you think that creative people flourish better under parameters just because of the way creative people tend to think? Like creative people don't tend to be systematic thinkers. They tend to be big picture thinkers. Like pie in the sky, big idea thinkers. And yep. I love this concept of the box because it kind of corrals those flighty ideas right. into this narrow focus that you can actually turn into something. Yes. And, and I, I, it's funny. I know I need the box and I resist the box all at the same time. <laughs> you same. Know? No, same. I need it. Like work from home is really difficult for yes, me it is. for that exact yeah. reason. I um, couldn't work from home. I hated it. Yeah. Um, I, I do work from home and it's like a struggle every single day. Like I'll, I'll find myself in a room or doing a task and I'm like, this is not what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, yeah. that makes me think of that, that thing. And I'm not going to say this, right. It's like you overestimate what you can get done in a month and underestimate what you can get done in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, sorry, no, you finish your thought. Well, that makes me that that's what I try to remember. Because I think sometimes because, uh, and maybe I'll do this, you know, because I have my own business, because I'm entrepreneurial, at least to some extent, 
or at least I'm my own boss. Uh, <laughs> I oftentimes, I think, lay out too much for myself. I oh, lay yeah. out that I have to do all this stuff and then there's this and that and I should be doing this too. And then what about these five things and this other thing? And, you know, I could probably do that. Mm-hmm. I probably could. But then the lifestyle that I actually want to have yeah. would, be, would be gone. Yeah. I wouldn't be taking my kid to school. I wouldn't be picking my kid up from school. I wouldn't be making dinner. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be working. Yeah. And that's not what I want. Yeah. And, and I also, I don't know if, the, if you relate to this or not, Bill, but um, my husband and I both, we, we work for ourselves. We have a business working for ourselves, and, and, and part of why we got into doing what we do is because we wanted to be creative every day. That was important to us. And it's so, so quickly does being creative become not that if yeah. you don't, if you don't structure your life with intention in a way that fosters and protects the heck out of that creativity. Mm. So there's a really fine balance to be had. Um, and like something that I'm thinking of right now, it's like this, this week I, I mentioned this, I'm working on sign jobs, which I usually resist taking commission work or like quote unquote basic sign stuff like the plague. But I've actually come to realize that I prefer that type of stuff for stuff that I'm getting paid for, because I don't need to think about it that hard. I just need to make sure that I, I can just put on the headphones, get it done well and, and not actively engage creatively, if that makes sense. And that that is so much better for what I'm getting like paid for or whatever yeah. to make it so that I can be creative, you know, in the other, the other half of the day or whatever the case may be. I don't know if there was a question hiding in there. Um, <laughs> but I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that resonates as a musician. Yeah. And yeah, it does. And, and, you know, my first thought when you said that, does taking a lunch break and watching a movie, is that create, is that creative? Cause I've been mm. doing that. Um, <laughs> it but, helps uh, sometimes though. Well, it does. It does. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I rail against often uh, on on my own podcast and probably <laughs> other people's too is, is this cultural hyper productivity yeah. phenomenon thing, mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, really it's, it's so uh, it's so ingrained and it's so loud and it's so prevalent that I feel bad that I'm not getting more done and it's ridiculous. Story like, and, and I'm having both thoughts at the same time. One of them's going, you are a piece of it because you aren't <laughs> getting enough done. You're clearly not good enough. You're clearly not going to succeed. What is wrong with you? How did you get this old and not figure this out? And having that <laughs> whole conversation and the whole other conversation is going, what are you talking about? Look yeah. around you, buddy. Yeah. You know, awesome. the bills are paid. You're doing good work. You have live in a great place. Your kid's healthy. What, what do you, what are you complaining yeah, about? I mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. even, I, I literally had this yesterday. So I finished the the cornhole board project that I was talking about earlier. I finished it. I was done. I was back. I was done at 1130 in the morning. Now for me on Sunday, shop day usually goes to like four o'clock, but I was done at 1130. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Mm-hmm. I really pushed very hard to get this done. I really like put the pedal to the metal. I'm going to take the rest of the afternoon off. Like I yeah. kind of made a conscious decision. Yeah. I'm going to take the afternoon off. And I literally sat on my couch watching TV, eating lunch, just relaxing, just like I need some downtime. And the whole time 
as much as I needed it. I'm yeah. like, I could be doing so much more. Like, yeah. I could, you know what? I need some stuff from Stop and Shop. I should get in the car and get over there, you know? And it's like everything that I, uh, like every bit of the annoying inner voice that you you talk about, yeah. every bit of it was in my ear going, what are you doing? Why are you on your ass? You're not supposed to be doing <laughs> this today. This is a work day. Yeah. You, you have know? to, you have to, you have to choose your, your downtime. Otherwise the universe chooses it for you. Yeah. yeah which generally uh it either doesn't give you any or you get you get the flu <laughs> you get the flu or you just have a fully full-blown mental breakdown and it, yeah. it just yeah. happens yeah. it's true and it happens yeah. yeah it happens to a lot of people again especially with creative people you know because creative people just because you know we talked about the structure right but most creative people don't have that structure so now you not only don't have that structure but you have this cultural norm of 150 percent, 150 percent of the time and it's like you get this wide-ranging crazy you know i want to do everything and then this mm -hmm. i need to have way over the top energy while i'm doing it it's like yeah, yeah you can only sustain that for a short amount of time my friend no yeah. and i don't and i don't think that like social media and stuff helps at all either oh it doesn't think, help I even think, a little and and i actually one of the things that really resonated with me about your messaging on your podcast is 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 I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the wording, but it's like within the first reel of your podcast that it's, it's like being successful with business quietly. Like, yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Um, how to, how to succeed without, without being the loudest person in the room. Cause and I, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I can't jump up and down and scream about myself all day long. I just can't <laughs> do it. Well, and, and, and in my life experience to the people that are being, <laughs> this is going to sound like, I don't mean this is a knock to any, anyone, any people in particular, but it's like oftentimes no. the people that are the quietest, they're the ones that are quote unquote, the most successful. Yeah. Cause they don't, Hey, they're not wasting their energy in yeah. places that aren't, that aren't actively monetizing or actively feeding back somehow business wise. Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't want to spend, yeah, go. You don't want to spend time on things that aren't moving the needle, right? No. And that doesn't mean you don't have downtime. Of course, you have downtime. But the things that you're doing, you know, it's the it's a lot. When I say you should always be trying to move the needle, a lot of people take that as you should be on the move 100 percent of the time. No, that means that when you're on the move, it should have no. meaning. It should it should matter. It should be accomplishing something. That's, that's what, even if, whether it's personal development, whether it's family mm -hmm. relationships, it doesn't have to be business related, but it should be meaningful and important rather than just occupying time. Time is a non-renewable resource. You mm -hmm. don't get it back. It's gone no, when no. you use it. <laughs> and I think that's a really important thing to, to surface because you think about it and you know, there are people, I mean, I know some that are they have that high performance gene. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I've, I've got people, <laughs> Brooks raising their hand. Oh, oh no. It's like an, it's like, it's like chronic. Like it's, it's, yeah. a, it can be a problem. It can. But yes. It, it can. Yeah. But anyway, if you yep. finished your thought, <laughs> where, where, where they really have that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's where some of the prevailing stories come from. Cause some of those people really do put their energy in a great place and they they're successful and they do well. And then people say, how did you do that? And they say, well, this is what I did. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I go, that's great. And I try that for a week and then I'm done because I am not built that way. That is not how I'm built. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than, uh, you know, you have to find the way that you work mm -hmm. and 
work like that, like be really good at that instead of looking yeah. at how your neighbor works and saying, oh, I need to do that because he's more successful than me. No, no matter who you look at in the world, everyone's different. So no matter yeah. who you're comparing, no matter who you're comparing yourself to, you're going to be disappointed because yeah. they're not, the, no one's going to be the same as you. And, you know, it, it's a ridiculous standard too, because even if, even if someone who is like quote unquote high performing or just that can, that can be the energizer bunny, Mm -hmm. you don't know what that looks like a month from now. You don't know what that looks like six months from now. And you don't know if they're even happy or, you know, given my what's going on in their head, you have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. And, and yeah. Something that you, something that you talk about a lot that, that actually, you know, speaking of what's going on in people's head, um, I can relate to very strongly. You talk a lot about choice paralysis and decision mm-hmm. fatigue. And, you know, I know a lot of people that suffer from that. And I'll give a really, really good example of that. My ex-wife is loves diners, but hates when you go to the diner, especially if you've ever been to a New Jersey diner, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you get the binder and it's like a 25 page menu. And by the way, anyone oh, that's ever been I to a Jersey that. diner, you know, I'm not kidding that go, you'll, <laughs> you'll see it for yourself. So you get these 25 page menus and you know, she, she'll have a rough idea what she wants and she's okay, but she gets that analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. My former mother-in-law literally will have to read that entire menu because she wants to make sure she's not missing out on anything. And I can, so, you know, so when you say like, you know, choice paralysis and decision, it's like, yeah, I totally relate to this. Cause I know people that are like this. I mean, luckily, 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 I'm not that kind of person, but I see people like that all the time. And I imagine, you know, you talk a lot about delivering a product at the end of your processes. And that's kind of like one of your core things that you teach people how to do. And it's like, wow, I can only imagine what it would be like to have those tendencies and try to, you know, actually produce something with them. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I really miss the binder at the New Jersey time. <laughs> we don't, we don't have those here. <laughs> um, and not only can you, you know, look through 25 pages of every kind of food you can think of. You can do that at four in the morning, yeah. which is really cool. <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, that's why disco yeah. fries even exist. I mean, because right. somebody was hungry and that was all that was left. It's like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I want it. It's called disco fries. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if my, uh, <laughs> I don't know if my solution to that really works for, for being in the diner, though it might. <laughs> How, 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 sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, how would, how would Bill advise coach, coach, if you you were, if you were somewhere else and, and, and I'll see if I can wrap it back to the diner, but (laughs) you know, it's hard. We, as we're working in our businesses um, or even in our jobs or we're making whatever we're making and deciding what to do with it or deciding what we're going to make or who we're going to make it with or who we're going to make it for. There's a lot of choices involved in all of that. And just like I think I said earlier that I've had a lot of jobs and I've had a lot of jobs in music, like a whole lot of jobs. (laughs) And ultimately I didn't like all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did all of them. But part of the reason that I made some of those choices is that I didn't have a clear vision of where I wanted to end up. And, you know, that's like sitting down at that diner and not ordering anything at all. Yeah. 
and just hoping that they're going to bring you something that you might be okay with. And, and I think I did that for a long time in my career where I had some vague notion of probably from when I was 15 of what I might want, mm-hmm. but I certainly wasn't, um, it wasn't very well thought out and I wasn't being intentional in any way about it. So I waited and as opportunities show up, as the waiters brought the food by, you know, uh, I would, I would get whatever came in front of me. And while that can be okay, it won't necessarily get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the place where really looking at where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? What does my business look like? What does my life look like? One of and the that's, things... that's, you know, that's a question I've asked every per, every business person I've yep. ever coached. I asked them that question and nobody can answer it. I was going to well, say, I, how, yeah, how often do people clam up? I, and I, I love that because you talked about, you talked about it in the episode about professional jealousy. Yeah. And I, I really like that one too, because in that episode, you guys made a point that I had never thought of. And it blew my mind. And I'm like, oh my God, I just need to be more like this. When, so the idea being that professional jealousy can give you direction. You mm-hmm. know, you look at somebody who's, you know, performing better. Let's just mm-hmm. use the generic term. Yeah, whatever that means. Better. Yeah. yeah. You know, you somebody who has what you want and you're like, well, how do I get that? And that you kind of can construct in your head at least a generic pathway to it that you can work on. And that almost can focus you when you don't have a focus. Or you see that person and then the thing, and I think we talked about this, is that you see that person and you have that pang of, hey, why did did they get to do that? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. And then if you take a step back and you really ask yourself, well, let me, let me think about what they're doing. Is that what I actually want? Yeah. And so many times it's not. Right. You know, I still have that. I don't know if you do. Sometimes I'll see some musician who's off doing something and there'll be a quick moment where I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I want to do that. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Cause as a matter of fact, I know what that takes and I know what that entails. And that's not where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it can be, you know, that little pang of, of jealousy of envy can be an opportunity mm-hmm. to realign yeah. with what you actually want. Yeah, I love I love that you, I love that you guys framed. Um, you, did you frame something that's usually got a negative connotation like jealousy into a motivator and something that you can actually get something positive out of? Because mm. I think a lot of times we'll have those feelings, and the the instinct is to feel bad about them. You yeah. know, whether or not they're productive, whether or not something good comes of them, notwithstanding. I always joke with people, you know, because people there were, there were a lot of people that saw me, you know maybe 15 years ago and haven't seen me since. And then they see me and they go, Oh my God, you lost so much weight. And I'll go, yeah, the cancer diet's awesome, dude. Like it just, <laughs> like I dropped, I dropped, you know, 160 pounds in like six months. It was fantastic. You're mean. And people are horrified. <laughs> they, they won't know what to say. They, they never do. Right. No. And I'm always like, and they're like, I can't believe you just said that. I'm like, why I'm talking about me. I mean, if I could say that about anyone, I could say it about me, I but say it myself, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's okay to have that humor about it because like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I wasn't well, here, I wouldn't be making the joke. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, a, it's so much better than the alternative. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I but I also think too, like jealousy, whatever the emotion is, emotions don't they just are like it just is. You don't need to justify it. You never need to be embarrassed about what you're feeling. It just is. It's it's your body giving you a clue and saying something's going on here. Like check it out. You can't you can't do anything about the noise in your head. I'm sorry, but you're never going to make it stop. And whether it's the thought that comes first, and then the emotion Mm -hmm. that follows it, and then the thought, emotion, thought, emotion, thought, emotion thing that happens right. after that. Or whether it's that you wake up and you're, you're, you ever wake up and you're just in a mood? Yep. Yeah. And then your thoughts tend to come out of that mood and that perpetuates and it goes yep. on and on. You're not going to stop the, the, the machine of your brain from doing that. But you don't have to ride around on it either. You don't have to jump mm. on its back and ride it around the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because, yeah, you know, I have the same thing. If I have that moment of envy or jealousy, yeah, the next thing is I feel bad about it. And I don't need to, I don't <laughs> need to so ride silly. that around the room either. Yeah, right. So you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so just, silly that that's the human reaction. It really is. Yeah. Cause like you didn't pick that. Like no, no. one, no one wants to be angry or je- like no one wishes you know, anyway. No. And if I can just let it be there, mm-hmm. then it goes away. It yeah. just passes away and it turns into something else. Yeah. If you give it permission. Yeah. That's mm. the, that's the magic. If you give it you permission know? to be. And um, emotion, emotions are like clouds. <laughs> they come and they go. Yeah. And thoughts are the same way. Your thoughts are just thoughts. They don't mean anything. No, they're not necessarily true either. Just because you're thinking it doesn't mean that it's fact. Oh, anyone that goes to therapy knows that like your thoughts are your enemy most of the time. I I was going to say, like, I think, I think that, that one of my like things that I always bring myself back to in life is like, we all have thoughts, which is like the narrative running through your Mm -hmm. head, the words going through your head. And we have emotions, which is how our body physically feels. We aren't either one of those things. No. Like you, you are you. So you don't have to listen to what your emotions are telling you. You don't have to listen to what your thoughts are telling you to do. You get to decide, you know, where you want to go with the input that you have and and the thoughts and the emotions just help steer you. I got to go speak uh, in a creativity class at a university near, near where I live. And, you know, so it's all college kids. And we got on this subject of the Mm -hmm. brain and the thoughts and the stuff. And I, and I said, Hey, listen, you are not your mind. Mm -mm. And this one kid, it was like, (laughs) (laughs) his eyes got big. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, the voice in your head, that's not you. Mm -mm. And he said, well, 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 what do you mean? It's not me. And I said, well, if it was you, who's listening to it? Yeah. Mm. Double wow. kaboom, mind Mike, blown moment. Yeah, mic drop. I yeah. hope he away, didn't but... smoke weed before that, before that lecture because <laughs> that kid, well have. I'm not sure. That but... kid killed a whole bag of Doritos back in his dorm after that. <laughs> but but it, it really is it really is true. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it's so it's so difficult if you uh, first of all, a lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. No, they don't teach that in school. No, generally. Uh, and even if you do know that, the propensity to get caught up in your thoughts and believe mm-hmm. the voice in your head and hold on to your emotions or resist your emotions, which is kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, is so natural. 
yeah. and, such, and so habit forming oh, yeah. that you don't even know you're doing it. I just had this, what was it, two nights ago, Brooke? Like I literally had this two nights ago or three nights ago, whatever it was. And it's just like, you know, I, I happened to, I, I got a lot out when I was in therapy and I learned a lot about my bad tendencies mm-hmm. and I'm aware of what I do and I still, <laughs> still do it. I still do it. Like, yeah. I'm not even just talking like I'm aware, like I learned this about myself. No, I had a therapist explain to me <laughs> what is wrong with me and, and I still, you know, just fall into those habits. It's, it's just the way it works. It's a muscle and you have to practice and it's hard work. Yeah, and going back to that topic we're talking about before, when you see people quote unquote working so hard, just cause it's tangible things that you can post on social media or that you can yeah. physically like see and, and perceive like it's the type of work that you don't see but it's taking your energy to do it. And it's yep. really important, I think, to take a step back and remember to give yourself a pat on the back and be like, you worked really hard today. Yeah. Even if that's quote unquote, all you did. Yeah. Was yeah. You know, everybody pol- police sees yourself. The, everybody sees the rock being a monster of a human. What they don't realize is that by six o'clock, he's had two different workouts plus breakfast. Plus he's on his way back to the gym for the third time. And mm-hmm. that's his workout routine. Like it's an absurd what the man does to stay in the shape he's in, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, I want to be built like the rock. Yeah. You, maybe you do, but do you want to put in the work that the rock puts in? Cause I could tell you no matter how much I want to be built like the rock, I don't want to put in the work like the rock. <laughs> well, and you can, you can have your brain be built like the rock. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you can put in that work and, True. and it's not as uh, always as physically taxing. <laughs> but, Although sometimes but it, it has uh, its moments. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can still do it. You still have to show up, you know, even yeah. if it's five minutes a day, you know, um, I make all my clients meditate. And yeah. No, no, uh, no secret there. And a lot of them, their first response is I can't do that. Oh, yeah, so I I'm, I'm I'm curious. No, you <laughs> we'll, you you we'll explain talk later, Vincent. You you explain <laughs> you explain why why do you have people do that? Yeah. Well, so their excuse is I can't do that either because I can't sit still that long or my brain is too loud. It it won't that's, stop, right? That's the whole point. Though. That's me. Yeah. I can't so, quiet. I can't quiet. I can't get that inner quiet to make perfect. meditation possible. Yeah, that's, that's great, Vincent. You, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You have to it. do it. I'm gonna okay. fix it for you right now. Okay, let's go. Here we go. You're not supposed to. All right. I'm, your brain, I'm succeeding. <laughs> your brain is not supposed to be quiet, and okay. it's not ever going to be quiet. It's not the point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it might shut up at some point. I don't know, but that's <laughs> but that's probably really, not. <laughs> probably not. It's not the point. Okay. Here's here's the deal about meditation. So, again, if we're talking about training the brain. That's how that's that's the first way I like to think about it is yeah. training the brain, right? So, yeah. my habit uh, in the past would be to get on a train of thought, or for me, what I would do, I'm a future thinker. I'm a person who like you're both shaking your heads. I, I'm a person who likes to think about the future. Okay, mm-hmm. and I would get so lost in my head thinking about the someday, one day, maybe, yep. might be future that I'm not even here. Yep. Yeah. I yep. swear I lived in my head some life I didn't have for a full two years. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Wow. Like, like no kid. And, and so with meditation, it's just a way to begin to interrupt that. Yeah. And I would say it just flexes the muscle. Cause I, right. I would say Vincent, like I am the least likely human being on the planet to meditate. If anyone knows, I, I would agree with that. Like I can't, <laughs> quote, unquote, I can't, but I've had a time period where I was, yeah. Like where I, where I, I got, you want to think of it more as you're scanning your brain almost mm-hmm. and, and just being very conscious of what thoughts your brain is having. So if you try to do like 15 minutes of meditation and, and make yourself comfortable, make it a thing on your agenda, like get yourself set up for success and just notice where your brain wanders. And I was given the instructions of as your brain wanders, go, oh, that's interesting. As, as your internal dialogues, tell yourself, oh, that's interesting. I'm thinking about this. My brain wandered that way. Interesting. Let's, let's wander back. So you're giving yourself permission and acknowledging that you did it, not punishing yourself for it and just trying to wander back to not thinking, which again is kind of well, impossible, but you start to notice the patterns. And I know for me, like I'm a past, I just sit there and I think about the past mm. and I didn't realize how much I hashed out like the past and every mistake and like everything like that. And it's something I would have never realized about myself had I not tried meditating for 15 minutes. I think I did like 15 minutes every day for a couple of weeks at one point in time. And it was really enlightening. So I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, you you know, you typically, at least in mindfulness meditation, which is what I generally uh, have my clients do and what I um, try to teach them. I'm not officially a certified mindfulness uh, teacher, but it's something that I've been studying, so I just try to share what I'm doing. There's usually an anchor, and I'm sure you've heard this stuff where you're paying attention to your breath, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never heard it referred to as an anchor, but... Yeah. And, and the anchor can be lots of different things. Uh, the breath is just a good one. It can mm-hmm. be your breath. It can be kind of your whole body. How I had a friend that used to keep a metronome. Like. She worked with right. a metronome oh. because a metronome, be a metronome just focused her. Right. It can be any kind of other sound. Mm-hmm. There's lots of different things that you could use as an anchor. But let's say you're sitting there and you're uh, supposed to be, I'm, I'm using air quotes, you can't see yeah. it. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to be uh putting your attention on your breath. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is, you know, tomorrow Vincent's going to go, all right, Bill told me I needed to meditate for five minutes. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to pay attention to my breath. And you're going to probably make it about a breath and a half. You're going to have an in-breath and an out-breath. You're going to have another in-breath and then you're going to run away and your brain's going to go yeah. flying somewhere. That's exactly what's happened every single time I've tried this. And then at some point, and it may feel like a really long time, though it probably won't be, um, you'll go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm supposed to be paying attention to my breathing. got a camera in my house? Like, what is going on? Check it out. Here's the great thing. Right there, Mm -hmm. that's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you come back Mm -hmm. from being lost out in the space of your brain and you come back, that's the whole point of the exercise. That's it right there. And And doing that over and and over over and over. And here's the funny thing. Mm -hmm. All of life works this way. It's all about coming back. So when we're talking about getting lost in our work, Mm -hmm. right? 
or not knowing what we're doing or running too hard or whatever, then you stop and you come back. Wait a minute. Why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, what was the point? What, what was my intention or whatever it happens to be? Um, and as you work that muscle of coming back over and over again, you find that when you're off the cushion, so to speak, when you're not just sitting there in your house trying to pay attention to your breath, <laughs> it's easier to not get hooked so fast yeah. by your thoughts. Yeah. And, and not fall for it as quickly because I like that way of thinking of it a lot because it's, it's again, giving yourself permission to come back and calmly do it and just be like, yeah. oh, that's not where we're going. We're yeah. focusing on our breath right now. And trying not to give yourself too hard a time about it, which that takes yeah. a while too. It's a know? practice. And I actually, um, we've talked about a surprising amount on the podcast, but I do trapeze, like flying trapeze. And this Whoa. strangely links so much. So I um, can totally get that. <laughs> because again, meditating isn't really my jam, but I've done it before. Just forced myself to, to practice it. Um, but one of the reasons why I really, really love the trapeze and, and force myself almost to like really stick with it as a hobby is because the basic, the basic flow of things is you climb up a ladder. That's really, really, really tall. I'm actually scared of heights. Like I don't listen to it, but I'm scared of heights. Like just naturally, like it, it just happens. You have to get on the ladder and you have to get on a platform that's in the air. You need to grab a hold of a bar and jump off the platform and then do a trick. And, and as you're learning tricks, you have someone yelling at you on the ground what to do. And it's things like go backwards and let go. Things that your brain, basically the whole way through your body, your emotions are telling you no, no, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yes, you're going to die. You yeah. should not do this. Exactly. Yeah. And you have, you have to get out of that and you have to take a deep breath and separate yourself from that and do it anyway. But then furthermore, your brain is thinking when someone's telling you how to physically do a trick or something like that, you think you're smarter than the person on the ground who's yelling at you because <laughs> But you're upside down and things like that. So you have to just shut up and not listen to yourself. And you have to trust and listen to some other third-party voice. Right. And you have to. And the result, if you don't do those things, if you don't get out of your emotions and get out of your thoughts and fully focus on not doing you know, everything your body's telling you to do, um, if you don't do that successfully, you fall. So you do. It's meditate. the perfect meditation for me, and that's I why say, I so do you it. You do meditate. You I do it on so. a trapeze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's not that much different from when you're doing your work and you're in what people might call the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, when I'm on stage playing, there is a constant stream <laughs> of thoughts, <laughs> of conversation running in my head. I mean, it never stops. Mm -hmm. And every now and again, I will get hooked into it for a sec. Yeah. And then, and it'll yank me out. And then my job is to come back. Mm -hmm. And the more that I practice in every area coming back and, and meditation is just kind of a laboratory, you know, it's like a lab environment where I can practice that so that I'm better at it when I'm not in the lab anymore. Yeah. Um, and nobody's good at it. I, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. I mean, unless they're, unless you walk in and they're literally levitating off the cushion. <laughs> Why is that what people yeah. think meditating is? I, I don't know. Like, but where no, did that even come from? I don't know. Cartoons. But if they're not doing that, they're not any better at it than you do. They're no. just, they're just practicing. That's it. 
Yeah. And I never thought, I never thought I'd be the type of person sitting here telling the listeners like, go meditate. But if you actually, if you want to feel better about how much (laughs) effort it is to just be a human and exist, if you like, if you go try and meditate for 15 minutes and, and really commit to it, you'll open your eyes at the end of it and be like, that was so much work. And the joke is you were just sitting still for 15 minutes and you can acknowledge how much goes on when you're quote unquote, just sitting still and not working, quote unquote, doing nothing, being lazy, sitting on your butt. No, you're always working. There's so much going on that you need to give yourself credit for. I'm going to make it easier. Do it for five minutes. Five. There you go. Five minutes, five days a week for two weeks. You know what? Okay. And see what happens. Vincent. I'm, I'm going to report back next so week. So next okay. week. <laughs> next week. I'm going to try I'm this gonna again. I'm going to ask you, should I do it too? I'll do it too. Okay. Five I haven't, minutes. I haven't like practiced consciously, but and listen, we'll have to revisit with each other. There's a million five minute guided meditations in the world. There's a lot of apps. There's a lot of YouTube videos. I've tried a couple of the apps. And this I is have why I got one. Frustrated. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, you know, whatever you guys need, five minutes. That's it. Just five minutes. Okay. Um, and you I know what? This work. If you <laughs> actually do that, if you did five minutes a day, five days a week for two weeks, and you get to the end of that two weeks and you're like, no, nope, this is not for me. Great. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just don't. You'll, it's fine. You'll learn something. I totally bet fine. you'll learn something about yourself, I, though. I hate to ask a very obvious, layman, stupid noob question, but is it better to do it in the morning? Like, as you know, like, or is it better to do it at night? Like, it's is there a general? better to do it however you want to do it. Like, do you use it to, like, become more, like, to get into your day? Or do so, you use it to kind of punctuate your day? I've done both. Okay. I don't do it in the morning because then I fall asleep. <laughs> you have to just like not fall asleep. Gotcha. I feel like I'm talking about myself like I'm some meditation expert. I'm not. I but really kind of like it though. You're like, you're, you're, on it. You're, you're like, you know, meditation is not really my thing, but, but, but here's everything you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, you That's do like do most, flying uh, meditation, which I think it, is a whole nother yeah, thing. Yeah. Which I've actually, you know? here's the thing. In most times whenever people ask why I do it, I'm like, I'm just going to be like, cause it's fun. The, the, because we make podcasts, everyone here just got the full well-rounded version of why awesome. that's fully why I do it. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you can you can get the same buzz in a much less dangerous way, though. Nah, you do, nah. Okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to get that out there because I do need my co-host. You know, I no, can't. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. There's a net, right? There's there's, there's a, a net. net. There's a okay. net, and like you you can't be stupid. That's yeah, part that, of that's part of the game, right? And God knows that's the rule of everything. Man, just don't be stupid. Yeah, don't there's, be stupid. There's harnesses. It's all. It's fine. You know what's not stupid? What's that? Things of the week. <laughs> Our things of the week are never stupid. Never. That's one thing. They may they may be simple. They may not be interesting to everyone, but um, they're always uh, they're never stupid. Um, now, I think <laughs> I do think that I may have screwed up. It's totally possible that I did not prepare Bill. So normally we let the guests go first, but would you like us to go first so you can think of one? Would that be easier for you? Uh, well, truthfully, I've been sitting here rather petrified about the whole thing uh, since you brought <laughs> it up before you got on the air because I didn't know. Maybe I should just get it over with. Go for uh, it. So, uh, I, you know, I don't have all the context. Is, is it cool to talk about like software? Yeah, of course. It's, anything. it's particularly okay. good for stuff. Something okay. that we can send people to is yeah, excellent. So, um, this is something that uh, I recently discovered, and but I didn't use it. I found this 
I, I probably got some ad on Facebook or most likely. Else. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it caught my attention and there's this, it's called chorus. It's this songwriting app and lyrics assistant. And I swear this thing almost feels like cheating. It's really cool. <laughs> That's cool. And, and I hadn't used it. And then I have a, I have a friend who comes in from Detroit and we write songs. He's a, kind of my primary writing partner these days. And he had thrown a line out to me that sounded like a title. And I ran into the other room and I started working on it. And I pulled up this app and, you know, most writers, songwriters, or at least the ones I know, will occasionally grab a thesaurus or a rhyming dictionary or something. You know, you might be looking for a word. You might be trying to uh, jiggle out some other thought. Well, this has all of that in there and more. It even has this weird AI feature that you can type a line in or a word in, and it'll generate a bunch of lines and stuff, some of which is unusable and makes no sense. But what I noticed is it jogged me like it, mm -hmm. it made other ideas fall out of my brain in a way that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm. And it was kind of like the same thing that might happen if I was, if my buddy had been in the room and we'd been tossing things back mm. and forth, but he wasn't in the room. So I had this app and it, it's super cool. And it's making me want to use it more. And anything that makes me want to sit down and write more is a good thing. This thing is magnificent. I'm looking at the website now. It's like this. I forgot the name of the. I know there's a couple of apps that do this for like script writing and playwriting mm. and stuff. Um, I know that like Scrivener does it for books. Right. And this this looks like like one of those all in one things. Like cause Scrivener has like storyboarding and character guides, and you can build your whole world in it. Right. So that you have a reference for that as you're writing your book, and you know the relationship, and it keeps it all in the side. This is exactly that for songwriting. My, my only complaint about it is that you can't record directly into the app. Because huh. what I'd like to be able to do is go, okay, well, here's a version and just keep it in there instead of having to keep that somewhere else. It's cheap too. It's seven bucks a month. Yeah, it's not. It's not particularly expensive. Wow. This is incredible. I'm going to have the link to this in the show notes. The website is writewithchorus.com is the app. This is I mean, I may want to just play around with it for two weeks, just to just or ten days, just to. <laughs> it's try actually it. pretty fun. The first time I got it, I just typed a bunch of stuff into the AI thing uh -huh. that generates lyrics, just to see what would happen. Right, and that was fun. That was this great. is this is cool. This is really cool. See, you you did just fine. That's a great pick. That's a great thing to me. Especially, I, it's got a ten day trial, so people that we, people that listen to this will definitely give that a try. Yeah, you give it a shot. Sure. Yeah. Brooke. Is it my turn? It's I'm, your turn. I'm like debating between two things of the week right now in my head because I had one picked out, but then as we got talking, I thought of a different one. Do you want to pull an Ethan and do two of them? Well, my first my first thing of the week, the original one was going to be sparkling coconut water from Trader Joe's with Yuzu, but I'm realizing this whole podcast, <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about meditation and all these things, and here I am pulling coconut water out as the thing of the week. It's just really good. You should try it. I don't know. It's from Trader Joe's. And of course, if it's from Trader Joe's, everybody knows who the Trader Joe's <laughs> god in this world is. Um, Vincent Ferrari. <laughs> damn right. AKA um, Snacker Joe. Yeah, um, Vincent has a whole Instagram page dedicated to trying Trader Joe's food. So I think that Snacker Joe should try the sparkling <laughs> coconut with yuzu and just give a review on it. 
So anyway. yuzu that gets like like a little citrusy flavor in there. I have it? I don't really know what a yuzu is, but um, yeah, isn't it plums like fermented plums? It kind of just tastes like coconut water with like lemon, though. Now that you're saying it, yeah, it's got like a little citrusy. Yeah, I really point. love soda yeah. and like that type of thing. I could drink soda all day, so I figure it's probably better than. All I'm finding is the Nintendo Switch emulator. Like that's all I'm finding that's on first Google. Thing that comes up. When when you when you I just did it too. When you Google Yuzu, you get that first, which is really weird. It's a food. <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. These guys came out with their app. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a lemon. Yeah. It's a citrus. Okay. Yuzu is a citrus fruit and plant in the family root. I'm not pronouncing that. Of East Asian origin. Yuzu has been cultivated mainly in East Asia, though recently also in New Zealand, Australia, Spain, Italy, and France. There you go. It's a citrus fruit. So awesome. I'll give that a try. I'll, yeah. I'll report back. And then it, it, do we have time for my like deeper thing of the week? Of course. It's we a book. Plenty. It's a book that I recently <laughs> read. And um, I just think it pertains in a really interesting way to this conversation. So if um, you know, this conversation's resonated to anyone listening. This book is, I just, I really like it. It's called The Road Less Stupid um, Advice from the, I love the title. It's called uh, title. The, the Road Less Stupid Advice from the Chairman of the Board. It's written by Keith J. Cunningham. And it's, I'm usually not a fan of the type of book that just yells at you about how you ought to be. Mm. Um, that's not typically my, like the type of book I grab off the shelf, but for some reason I picked this one up and I'm really glad that I did because it's very, um, the basic principle of, well, there's kind of like two basic principles to the book. The first I would say is that, um, if you were to erase the three worst decisions of your life, and it's, it's talking specifically like business or financial decisions, where would you be right now? Just get mm. rid of the three biggest mistakes you ever made. Wow. Um, heck, just, just get rid of the, the biggest one you've ever made. What would, what would your life look like? And, you know, the premise is how do you avoid those really stupid mistakes? Because you probably, if you're being honest with yourself, you probably could have avoided it. Um, you know, and basically just dissecting why and how people get those blinders on that causes that to happen where you're, you're not making the best decisions you, you could make. You have all the agency within you to make really great decisions. How come you didn't then do that? Why did that not translate? And then the next, the next basic principle of the book is the power of thinking time and allowing yourself um, like as a line item in your planner time where you just sit and think um, about business decisions and business problems and how you can directly solve those problems and giving framework to be productive with thinking time and how to really use that time well. So it's a really great book. I really, really, really liked it more than I thought I would. And I highly recommend it to anybody who is a business owner um, or just, you know, down for a that kind of book, I guess. Cool. And I think maybe I'd like to come back and we could all answer the question of if you could erase your biggest mistake, where would you be? Yeah, that's that's a whole podcast episode right there. We can really unpack it all. I can easily in my head, obviously I'm not going to say it on the show, but I can easily pinpoint what mm -hmm. my biggest mistake is, was. Yeah, I'm thinking about mine right now. <laughs> yeah, and I can like it's it takes like 1.1 1. 1 yeah. seconds for me to yeah. arrive at it. But yep. you know what? In the end, I don't know that I would take it back because yeah. everything that's happened since has been yeah. nothing but positive for yeah. me. And that's yeah. okay. So, yeah. But yeah. that's a that's a hell of a thought activity just to kind of like 
take your big screw up and just erase it from your yeah. life. How does your but, life look? But Holy also, crap. but also I guarantee that mistake, you were probably feeling very passionate yeah. because oh, when, yeah. when you're, when you're feeling really passionate, you get blinders. Like you, you can only, I don't know, like hundred percent. This is not, this is not scientific information. This is purely just like, <laughs> this sounds like an interesting book. Actually, Expert I don't usually, I don't usually go for like business philosophy books like this, mm -hmm. but I feel like this is one I would probably get into. Yeah. I and the other like the central idea, honestly, the other beauty of it is it's broken. Like you don't even need to read the whole book. You can just whip it open to a random chapter after you read <laughs> the first part and just read like three pages and you'll gotcha. be like, that was cool. I can set it down. So I really highly recommend I it. Like that. That's great. Good one. Yeah. So I'll find, I'll find the link for that and I will have the link for that in the show notes. So for those of you that listen to the podcast, you know that me and Amy from Amy makes that are good friends. And she was actually on this podcast, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe it was about a year ago from today. So, um, she recently got herself a new camera, which meant she was selling the one that she had used forever. So, she put on um, she put on her Instagram that it was up for sale, and I said, "Don't you dare sell it! I want it." Um, now I already had a Rebel T6i, and I bought her Rebel T6i, which was the old camera that she filmed all the videos on her channel. So I didn't really get it for the camera, though. As much as I really needed a second SLR because I want to keep one in my shop with my to do the beauty shots, so that I don't have to keep schlepping my camera equipment back and forth. It just makes more sense. Why would you buy a whole camera, you ask, if you didn't want the camera? Well, <laughs> Amy threw in two lenses. The first lens she threw in was the kit, the standard 1855, you know, Canon EFS 3.5 to 4.6. It's not the best lens ever. However, she has the latest version of that lens, and it's a big improvement over the one that I have because I have a much older one because my T6i was much older than hers. So that's upgrade number one. So the basic everyday lens that I keep on the other camera now got an upgraded lens on it. So that's good thing number one. But good thing number two is actually my thing of the week. And it's the other lens that it came with. And it's a Sigma 1835 1 to 1.8 um, art lens. This lens is baller status in a lens like <laughs> it is honestly it's probably the nicest lens i have ever owned and i've owned a lot of lenses for this cam for canon cameras in general um it is just it's tack sharp it's it focused in fact i was telling her after i got it i'm showing it on camera now but i've i've i told her when i got it that it freaked me out because i went to autofocus it when i first got it it doesn't make a sound when it autofocuses. The motor is not quiet. It's silent. It doesn't Ooh. make any sound wow. whatsoever. And it freaked me out because I thought the lens was broken. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, wow, it's actually focusing. It's just super duper quiet. So uh, they make this for a bunch of different platforms. So if you have Canon, Nikon, you know, uh, Sony, whatever you have, this lens is available with that kind of mount. And of course, you know, you can always get an adapter if you don't find it, but it's about a $700 lens, and that's why I got her camera, mostly because I wanted this lens. This, the camera was a nice bonus. The additional everyday lens was a bonus. I wanted this lens, and it just came with a bunch of goodies. So I looked at it as buying a lens with some added accessories. It's, when do we get to see a photo that you've taken with uh, this magic lens? So I haven't done anything but the stuff on Snacker Joe's, but the last <laughs> four or five pictures on the Snacker Joe's Instagram is with this lens. Um, 
get to I have see... oh, sorry, sorry, I, don't, I was gonna say do we get to see a picture of the coconut water <laughs> taken with the lens and capture the detail of the bubbles <laughs> i'm just saying yeah i mean i i i definitely want to i haven't had a chance now that i have now that i got a little bit of a breathing a little bit of space to breathe now that that the cornhole boards are done i want to take this thing outside and really just take some shots with it maybe even if it's in my backyard because i have some really cool stuff going on in the backyard of this house so um yeah it's a it's a wonderful lens and she was she told me when she she told me when I said I wanted to buy it, she goes, you're going to love this lens. And I'm like, you know what? I, I told her the other day, I was like, this lens is like a game changer for me. Like, it's the best lens I've ever owned. So that's me waxing nostalgic about a lens without David Swiduck being on the podcast. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and obviously, I'll have that link in the show notes because I feel like everybody should have that lens if you have a camera that's capable of it. You know what else every, everyone should do? What should everyone do, Vincent? They should support us financially, just like these fine people. Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks and DIY, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Angiano of Maker Cuisine, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jacob of Other Dog Designs, Jake from Make with Jake, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler of Bear Maked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey of Maker Mackey and the Clamp Podcast, Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, who gave me the nicest shout out on Clamp last week. Oh, not Clamp. Um, I'm making our way. I, I almost died. I was mortified. It was so kind. And thank you. Andrew. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff the Weekend DIYer, Sean Walworth from the Proper Tools Podcast, Chris Raley of Route 9 Signs, Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks, and of course, Austin Saunders, the high caliber craftsman. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine. Also, review, share the show, turn someone else onto it. And the more you do to share the show, the more we're able to get amazing out of nowhere pitches for guests like Bill, who <laughs> honestly, I'm really, really glad that your people reached out to our people when I'm really our people, but I'm really glad that, <laughs> that you guys reach out because well, this has been a fascinating Vincent, conversation. Vincent, you need to start meditating and you need to circle back on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of pressure here right now. I'm so like, much pressure. You should never have pressure to meditate. That kind of <laughs> invalidates on. the idea. <laughs> Quiet your mind. Damn you. <laughs> But Bill, it has been an absolute joy talking to you. I am. Oh, I I feel like if 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 left unchecked, this could have been a two and a half hour podcast oh, easily. <laughs> easily. Well, I guess you'll just have to have me back, and we'll do it again. I would. Sure. I absolutely. You know, we don't we don't have a lot of guests on, but if we have somebody on a second time, that means we really really like you. So, and we <laughs> also, really really like you. So, we, 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 and in the meantime, make, to our listeners, definitely go check out Bill's podcast because. Yes. It's really good. Yes. I got I gotta say, I mean, I, I, I figured it would be good. I didn't expect you to put out a garbage podcast, but <laughs> I didn't expect to take so much away from a couple of episodes. I was like, this is just so dense. Like, give me more, give me more. So what I'm probably gonna do is like after we're done talking, I'm probably gonna just queue up overcast. I'm just gonna download all the episodes 
and just intersperse them into my feed as new episodes of the other shows come out. And I'm just going to always have a Bill and Miles episode somewhere in there because it's a really good show and it really, yeah, it's, it's just really good. And don't let the fact that Bill is a musician fool you. A lot of the stuff, and you know, this is something I want, I want the big takeaway to be, and I'll give you a second to close your, you know, close out the episode, but I really want people to, realize that the stuff that bill talks about and the the concepts that we talked about tonight aren't just for musicians they are you know they're for your personal growth and development and hey i'm all for it you know it you just so happen to be a musician that has some really good ideas (laughs) (laughs) well you know when you spend as long as i have failing at the music business you learn a lot about how to succeed and actually, actually, wait, wait. I should have said this way earlier too to our listeners. Listen to Bill's music because I listened before, like having our guest on our podcast, as you do. And I was like, "Wow, I I thought I would like it, but I really, really did enjoy." Oh, cool. thank you, Brooke. So don't think you're a failure at the music industry. <laughs> oh, I know I can make music. Because it's just that all my other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's there's a world of difference between being good at something and being like that level of good at something, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean you're not good at it. Oh, right? you're great! Yeah. It, 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 the music was great. Yes, it's it. You're you're just a talented guy, and I I love your point of view. And we will definitely have to have you on again soon because I really want to dive deeper into the stuff that you teach people because I think it's just fascinating. Getting well, it's it's such a fun conversation, and I really uh, if I'm left with anything, it's that. Uh, I need to go make something now because that's what you guys are doing. And I think, I think the fact that you made me feel that way in the first 30 seconds of the show means that you have something going on. (laughs) Well, we have a lot of friends in Austin that we could introduce you to. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. And if nothing else, you know, I want to talk more about New Jersey diners because I miss them. Yes. Yes. Encyclopedia that you order from. (laughs) Everyone should talk about New Jersey diners at all times. But we're going to be back next week and we're going to talk about making creativity and all that other stuff. And until then, have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.